All right, good evening, and welcome back to I Still Do, The Marriage Call. All right, we're going to begin with a quick prayer. Amen. Heavenly Father, God, as we come before you, God, we first of all always want to tell you thank you. God, thank you for life. God, thank you for health. Thank you for strength. Thank you, Father. Now, God, as we commune together, God, for your purpose, God, for your will, for marriage and for couples, God, we ask that we set aside, God, our personal differences, God, and ask that we, God, allow our minds to be opened up to something new. God, we ask that we allow ourselves to experience something new. God, we allow, ask that we allow ourselves to think new, to act new, and to do new. God, now as we dig into your word, God, we ask that what you have prepared for your people, God, that you let it go forth with power, God, and let it go with, forth with a spirit of transformation. God, now as we go forth, God, we ask that you bless uh, your, your stewards on tonight, God, your teachers on tonight, God, and just allow us to decrease as we allow your word to increase. Heavenly Father, God, we ask these and other things in your son Jesus' name as we pray. Amen. Amen. Welcome to I Still Do. Uh, we are going to jump right into this thing. Um, and as you guys come in, uh, we just ask that you remember to keep your phones on silent as this is a listen-only experience. Um, and so we're going to jump right into Genesis, um, just to start off the, the call, uh, Genesis 2 and 24. And all of us are familiar with this passage of scripture. Once you get married, this is what they tell you. Um, this is what you hear. You hear it over and over again. And I just want to go over it because it becomes mundane to us sometimes. So Genesis 2 and 24 says, Therefore uh, shall a man leave his father and his mother and shall cleave to his wife. And they shall become what? One flesh. One flesh. And that's the part of this that I really want to hone into the most. They become one flesh. So you become married, you become one. So even when we're talking about finances, that's our topic on today, we're talking about finances. So even when we're talking about finances, it's one, yours and mine, us, we, ours. Those are the kinds of pronouns we have to begin to use. We are one flesh. So we become one, not only spiritually, we become one emotionally, physically, uh, psychologically, and we make a commitment to each other. Um, not only, again, spiritually, emotionally, physically, and financially, we make a commitment because guess what? We are one. And so when God formed Adam and then he pulled Eve out of Adam, out of his side, uh, it, he, it was a part of himself that he pulled out of Adam. It was a part of himself that came and, and made Eve. And so they are one. Literally, we go hard for everybody else. We go hard for our parents. We go hard for our siblings. We go hard for our children. You need to have that same kind of energy when you're talking about uh, going hard with each other. When you're talking about going hard with your, your spouse and your, uh, your wife and your husband. You need to have that same kind of energy when it comes to them. And guess what? When it comes to finances, that's no different. It's ours. Whatever you have, I got you. Whatever you need, I got you. That's the same type of energy that we need to have. 
um it talks about um it talks about being one so we're talking about being united being united uh you can't be united and divided at the same time Amen. those two things cannot be in the same space so you're talking about being one and so when you're talking about division you can't divide this money here and this debt here or this is yours and this is yours and this is mine no it's ours we can't divide that stuff and there are going to be some principles um, as far as, you know, maybe, you know, Tyrone and I have a car. He has a car. I have a car. This is my car. I may say that that's my car. But guess what? Really, it's our car. It's only my car because it's the one I drive the most. But if he wants to drive it, he can drive that car. Um, same thing with uh, we have little fun spending money sometimes. He has his own little personal spending money. He can do whatever he wants with he could, you know, go buy motorcycle paint because he likes to paint motorcycles. Okay, cool. That's his little motorcycle money. But if I needed it for something, he wouldn't have a problem giving me that. That's right. Um, he don't want to give me that, but he wouldn't have a problem giving me that. So it's a lifelong commitment. We have to know that it is being, being one is a lifelong commitment in every aspect of our relationship. Um, and so we need to embrace every part of your spouse. Even if your spouse doesn't know how to deal with money the right way, you need to embrace that part of your spouse and figure out how can we work on that. Um, the scripture in Ephesians 5 and 31 tells us that our husbands, uh, why do you have to support? Someone's on the phone already? Okay. I'm sorry about that. Um, Ephesians 5 and 31, um, I'm sorry, Matthew 6 and 21, excuse me, talks about where your treasure is, um, so, so will your heart be also. So where is your heart? Is your heart with your spouse? Uh, those things that are uh, monetary, those uh, accounts, those debts, those, all that stuff is temporary. So we have to understand where do we put value at? Are we putting more value on our marriage? Are we putting more value on our spouse or are we putting our value in things that go away that are temporal or in cash? Cash comes and goes. Um, you can spend cash. You can pick cash up. You can get cash. We just got a whole stimulus check. Um, people get stimulus checks here and there. They're talking about divvying them out all the time. Money comes and money goes. But your wife, your husband, your marriage is supposed to be forever. So we have to understand where that value is. And again, we are becoming one. Um, and so we're going to move right along. So some of the things that we want to talk about tonight is... Um, you know, what is the reason why couples even fight about money? Yes. So mm -hmm. many people are fighting about money. Um, and I can honestly say that um, Tyrone and I, that has not been one of our issues in our marriage because we always understood coming together that money is something that comes and goes. It's, it's not something to fret about, even when you don't have it. Like we always knew that we can operate without it. We always knew we, we, we would get more money, like money comes. So we never had that thing. But I do understand that it's a big issue for a lot of people um, and that we fight about it. And it's one of the number one things that causes divorce. People fight about money. So what's the reasons we fight about money? We have different experiences with money. Therefore, we fight about it. I came from one background and I think this way about money and he came from one background and he thinks this way about money. How do those experiences now come together in this marriage and make ideals or principles in which we make decisions on? 
Um, and, and sometimes that's hard for people because they come from two different types of backgrounds. Um, what are, how do you value money? How does she value money? Now, some people are frivolous with money and they don't have any value to it at all. It just comes and goes and they spend it like it, like it's water. Other people are hoarders. They hold on to this thing. And so what, what do you value about money? What do you think about money? Um, another reason couples fight about money is about debt. Um, how much debt people are in, getting into more debt. Should we buy this? Should we not buy this? So people fight about that. Um, money secrets. A lot of people fight about secrets with their cash. We got secret accounts. We got secret um, Amazon stashes. People ordering on Amazon, hiding it in the trunk. They going to the mall, having spending sprees and not telling their husbands or wives. Or, um, you know, spending, giving money away. That's another big one. You're giving money to your sister. You're giving money to your cousin, to your friend. You're lending, quote unquote, to people, not knowing if they're going to give it back. And, you know, we just don't agree big purchases you know you go and buy that Tahoe you always wanted but you never discuss that with your spouse whom you are one with and you should always discuss those type of things um, and so we have to understand why people fight and we have to understand that all of us have a different personality when it comes to money uh, we have to understand that some people are natural shoppers. Shopper, uh, that shopper person is always going to want to spend, spend, spend. As soon as they get something, they're going to want to spend it. Spending might make them feel better. Spending might be their um, thing that makes relaxes them. And so they spend, but maybe that's not best for this family. Um, some people are avoiders. They avoid talking about money at all costs. They avoid the bills. They don't want to open it. They don't want to answer the phone calls from debt collectors. They don't want to deal with money at all. And when you don't want to deal with money, money will deal with, with you. you. So um, you cannot avoid the conversations about money. We cannot avoid the issues with money. We have to face it head on. Some people are savers. And while that may sound like a good thing, like something we should always do, if that's the only thing you're doing and you're depriving every other area in your financial life, that may not be the best thing for you. Um, you know, every little dime you get, you're throwing it in the bank because you're afraid that something may happen, but now you don't want to go on vacation. Now you don't want to buy a new outfit. Now you don't want to um, buy your spouse something nice um, just because or for a birthday. You, you're holding on so tight that you're not able to live. And the reason why we work so hard sometimes is so that we're able to get the things that we want. But if your whole mentality is safe, 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 maybe that may be a little bit too much. What about the risk taker? Somebody who um, is just constantly taking risks with money and possibly losing the money, gambling with the money, investing in things that may not be logical or right. Um, and they are taking too many risks, but maybe you're not discussing those risks with your spouse. Um, the last per money personality that we want to talk about is a security seeker, somebody who just wants to make sure that everything is good with the finances on every single end. And um, we all strive to be that person, but maybe maybe you're not and you want to get there. Um, and so we need to um, talk about strategy a little bit. Um, once again, going back to how does your mate feel about money? We need to have that conversation. How does your mate feel about money? What do we think about money? What do we think about debt? What do we think about saving? Um, have that conversation. And so if I know how my spouse feels about money, how they respond to things when things happen, then we can begin to make steps in the right direction. 
Um, I need to know um, need to know more about what your goals are, um, what my spouse's goals are. What do we want to accomplish? What do we want to accomplish this week? What do we want to want to accomplish this month? What do we want to accomplish in the next six months? What do we want to accomplish in the next year? What do we want to accomplish in the next uh, five years? And so we need to make some goals and, and have logical steps in order to get to those goals. And then also we need to schedule a time to speak about money. Um, when is going to be a good time for us to get together and actually have these conversations? That we'll get we'll dive a little bit more into that in a little bit. And then um, the last thing is we need to understand uh, what our strengths and our weaknesses are with regards to money. Um, like in our relationship with me and Tyrone, um, I absolutely adore getting all, it gives me a rush to get all the bills together, get all the debts together, make these plans and have this budget together. And we go over our budget weekly um, and bi-weekly. We make goals, we make monthly goals. We do all this stuff together and I love it. So I am, uh, he, he just goes with the flow with everything. He, he has to make sure that everything makes sense. He wants to know what's going on. He don't want me to make plans without him, but I'm the person in this relationship that kind of gets the money stuff together. And I love it. That's what I like to do. Um, now if there's two people together that neither one of y'all like dealing with money, we're going to have to talk about some stuff, but somebody has to deal with the money. So who's better with the money? Sometimes some, um, the person that loves the money may not be the person that's best in budgeting the money That's right. or the person that's best in dealing with the bills or the debt collectors or, um, saving the money or having a savings plan we got to figure out what are the strengths in each person and what what are the weaknesses financially in each person and figure out who can do what and maybe you guys can share certain tasks but you have to figure out who is better at what and just understand that your personal net worth does not determine your self-worth in your marriage do not put money on an emotional pedestal Money is not everything. And your marriage means so much more than those dollars. That's powerful right there. All right. So we were talking about having conversations as a couple. So when having conversations, which sometimes can be the toughest thing to do uh, when, when you're married, and especially when you're talking about finances, we have three principles that we feel every couple, every listener uh, should consider. And the first one is needs. What are your needs versus your wants versus consumerism? Now, consumerism is a word that not many people hear often. Okay, so let's make a a distinction between um, what your decision motivators are. So what's a need? A need is classified as Uh, It's essential for survival or good stewardship. Okay. Wants, wants, wants are what you would genuinely, what you would genuinely enjoy in something. So my wants might be motorcycle parts, uh, but my need might be milk and bread. So there's a distinction between the two. Now, consumerism, consumerism is classified as unwise spending based on impulse or attractive 
marketing. And here is where a lot of a, a lot of couples get into big arguments because we want to spend and we have the funds available. But when we spend, it's not based off a of need and it's not based off a of want, but it's based off of consumerism unwise spending based on impulse. So when you're sitting up late and you're looking at that home shopping network, uh, one of my big things is I love watches. So everyone that knows me knows I love Invicta watches. Yes, Lord. But if I sit up and watch uh, the Invicta site at 11.30 and I have my debit card in my hand, I'm going to I'm going to feel that unwise spending start to brew up in me and I'm going to want to dial in and be one of those people whose name flashes across the screen. So if you see Tyrone from South Carolina, you know, I just bought a watch. Amen. But we have to be careful with consumerism, unwise spending based on impulse or attractive marketing. Okay, so what is the second principle? Use cash, not credit. And this is another big one. Um, I know personally myself, uh, I've never been a big fan of credit cards, um, and let's kind of go into why. Uh, we don't we don't ever want to use, not ever want to use, but we must be wise in using credit cards. Why? Because it's not real money. It's not physical money. You're not physically seeing the money being taken out or taken away. So, and sometimes we can get caught up into unwise spending based off of consumerism. Uh, also. Be careful with your airline miles, guys. Your airline miles are not worth it. So when you're swiping and swiping and charging uh, just to make those flights that are not necessary because you know you have airline miles that you can spend, think about it and be wise about your decision making. Also, avoid loans whenever you can. I know there are some purchases that we must make, um, homes and cars and things like that, but there are some loans that we don't always have to get wrapped up into. For loans on furniture and loans on uh, appliances and loans on all these other things. Instead, what we can do is we can sit down and we can come up with a plan to where we can generate funds using hard cash, using real cash instead of charging it and then later down, down the road getting into a bind because now we don't have the funds because we didn't get together and make a plan. And I just want to add, um, every store you go into now, any clothing store you go into, everybody got credit cards. Everybody, as soon as you check out, they be like, well, you want to um, save 5% by using this credit card? And they try to rope you in, try to get you to get that card. Be careful. There's a reason why everyone's offering credit cards and everyone's offering all these charge cards. Why? Because they can make money and they can make money off who? Us. So we don't want them to make unwise and unwanted money on us, especially with late charges and all these other charges and charges that they can tackle onto that thing. All right. So uh, third principle, prioritize to maximize joy. And I thought this was so powerful, guys. Uh, disposable income is good. It's wonderful. Uh, it's one way that we can experience God's grace. Uh, it's extra. Um, and if it's there to be enjoyed, it feels good, right? So when enjoying it, choose the things that matter most to you, not just shiny things that are being marketed well. Going back to that consumerism like we were talking about. Um, so what is this saying? Is come together, make a plan, and what me and Anita do is when we want to maximize our joy, we're talking about finances, 
we come together, we sit down and we make a plan to travel. Traveling is our thing. And when we're talking about maximizing joy, we're talking about spending money on those things that can have long-term memories, things that you can look five and 10 years down the line and be able to look back at photographs and and videos and and pictures and all these other things and uh, airline tickets that you might've saved and um, different things from going in gift shops. Prioritize to maximize joy. So come together come up with a plan and how you can plan out some of these big trips or different things that you guys want even as a couple or uh, as an individual I might sit down and prioritize my next motorcycle endeavor and that's what maximizes my joy now what maximizes my joy might be different from what maximizes Anita's joy so she might prioritize and come up with a plan for herself for something different and then sometimes we come together and prioritize to maximize maximize our joy as a couple so we have to remember that we have to prioritize to maximize our joy amen so Let's talk about five steps to managing finances together. Managing, how can we manage our finances together? Okay, step number one, bring it all together. Bring it all together. Now in Luke's gospel, chapter 16, verse 11, it says, if then you have not been faithful in the unrighteous wealth, who will entrust to you the true riches? It's a question. So what is the saying? Briefly, what we need to do is gather up all our statements. And this sometimes can be the toughest thing, guys. It can be the hardest thing. Gather up all your statements, all your checkbooks, um, all your insurance documents. Put everything in one place. You guys need to sit together, gather all of these things up. And um, if you're not joint on all your accounts, um, make it so. If you have debt your spouse doesn't know about, then this is the time where you need to be completely clear and honest about it. Everything. Bring everything out and everything on the table. Because the one thing that the enemy does is he likes to come in uh, and cause confusion. But there, if there's less ammunition that the enemy can use because we are sitting together and we are bringing everything out, everything together and putting it out all on the table, that's the less, less ammunition that the devil can use to step in and create um, a separation in what God has already ordained. Amen. Be completely honest. Even if some of your debt wasn't, uh, you got some of your debt from being in an older or different relationship, bring it all out on the table. Um, If you're receiving, if you are the one who's receiving all of this news, all this information, things you didn't know about your spouse, commit to being completely involved from this day forward. Amen. So this is where you bring everything out. You work everything out and you say, hey, from here forth, we're going to be in this thing together. We're going to work it out together because now this is not just your debt. This is not just Tyrone's debt, not just Anita's debt. Now this is our debt. So now we have to come together and figure out how we're going to take care of this debt and maximize our joy together. Right. Step number two, total it all up. Very simple, but straight to the point. This could be the most painful thing because now is where the dollar signs show up. Amen. This might be the most painful. List all your debts out. List everything out. Um, Yes, all of them. So if you have a big credit card bill for a bunch of shoes, red bottoms and Louis Vuittons and Michael Kors, men, we need to know about all of that stuff. 
all right yes all of them all your debts do the same for your assets what are all your assets list all, all of your assets all of the uh, accounts every account even the offshore accounts if you guys have offshore accounts ain't nobody got no offshore anybody got no offshore account what are you what are your cars worth um, what is your truck worth? What, what, if you have it, what is it worth? Talk about everything that you would spend money on and bills and things like that. And how much are your savings? We need to know, guys and ladies and gentlemen, what our savings are. How much are you putting away and setting aside? And divulge this information to your spouse because your spouse needs to know this information. Okay. Number three. And let me just add, we have to have a savings plan. We have to. Um, even if things are tight, even if you can only do $20 a month right now, even if it's only $15 a month, start somewhere, find a spot to start at, but you have to start now. If you start with a little bit now, you can build up a little bit later once you start paying off some stuff. But not having a savings plan is not going to work. It's 2020. We have to do some things different. All right. Number three. Consider what you have. In Matthew's Gospel, chapter 25, uh, read it for yourself, verses 14 through 30, uh, paraphrasing, says, Remember the parable of the master who, who, left, <clears throat> who left his money in charge of three different servants. But verse 29 says, For to everyone who has will, for, every, for to everyone who has will more be given. And he will have an abundance, but from the one who has not, even what he has will be taken away. Do you both have life insurance policies? Can you understand what all of the statements and, and all of the lingo mean? Lingo means how much are you paying in interest on your current loans? Um, does your cash flow well, or do you, uh, or do all of your money seem to go towards bills that are due every month? So consider what you have. Uh, how much finances do we have coming in um, in comparison to how many loans and bill payments that we have going out every month? Consider everything that you have. Amen. You don't want to be a bad steward over what God has already given you. Amen. And uh, being foolish and have those things stripped away as it talks about in Matthew's Gospel, chapter 25. Okay. Number four. Number five, excuse me, agree on a plan. And this is probably the biggest, the biggest thing, you guys. Agree on a plan. Agree is the first word. Agree, 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 agree. on a plan. Maybe, okay, maybe you can only agree to put all receipts and bills next to the computer for this week. Uh, this might be the month you agree to a budget. This could be the time to schedule an appointment with a financial representative uh, to understand those mutual funds and uh, research life insurance policies. So what that is saying is you can't be so high minded that you don't want to ask for assistance. There could be a time 
where you can't agree with each other and you might need to sit down with someone who can maybe come up with a plan for the two of you. Just like marriage counseling, some of us might need financial counseling, okay? Agree on a plan. And if we can't agree on a plan together, then maybe we can go and see someone who's a professional who can help us come together with a plan that works best for us. Amen. So whether you can agree on a plan for the next 24 hours or the next 24 months, you have to determine what your next step is going to be before you walk away from the table. And when you sit down and you come together and you and you talk about these, uh, you complete and talk about these five steps to managing finances together, um, it's not saying that you have to come up with a plan for next year before you get up from the table. Your plan might just include you coming up with a plan for next week. And then when next week comes, because we are, um, this is a process, when next week comes, maybe we can come up with a plan for the next 30 days. And after 30 days, we might can work on a plan for the next six months. So what, is, what does this mean? It means that as a couple, when we're coming together and we're trying to agree on things, that this thing is a process. You don't want to try to plan so far ahead that you forget about what's around the corner. Amen. So we have to, have to, have to agree on a plan. Um, And uh, just to piggyback on what he said, uh, as far as getting help, um, there are so many resources available to us that a lot of people just don't know about. Even your bank. If you have problems budgeting or coming up with a savings plan, You can go to your bank. You literally pay them to help you with your finances. Yes. You can walk into your branch. I branch, we we bank with Wells Fargo as one of the banks that we bank with. And you can walk into Wells Fargo and say, hey, we just need some help um, getting a budget together, getting a savings plan together. um, And they will help you. They will give you resources. They will give you tips. They will set you up a savings account. They'll do some automatic drafts. They will love nothing more than to open you up a savings account. I promise you that. Um, And so it's people that can help you. There are um, all types of free resources for financial financial literacy. You just need to Google it. Um, And we are going to put a whole lot of tips on the website, on Facebook um, for you. I'm going to name you what they are. Um, Challenge everything. That is, it's going to be a YouTube um, channel. video for you to watch and it's basically just telling you that you every bill that you have you can challenge it to try to get it lower um we have one that's on there it's going to talk about how to get out of debt we're going to put something up there about um combining your finances after you get married uh we have one on there about um with all the stuff that's going on with the coronavirus uh what do you do with your student loans tyrone and i just found out that our some of our student loans we don't have to pay until September. Yeah, baby. September with no penalties, with no fees, with with, with nothing, and it's going to be as if you paid those for six months. Sure. So we are literally saving hundreds of dollars a month until September. 
Um, so with that money, we have other plans now. So um, it's going to have all that information about your student loans and what qualifies and what doesn't qualify. So please, please, please look at that because you may be saving some money or have some stuff you don't know about. We're also going to put on some other resources, um, websites about resources for other things like your mortgage, rent, things of where you can get help if you need help with certain things. Um, it's going to be a link for all of that stuff. So if it's a, a financial area that you have issues with right now, we're probably going to put a link up about it. So just read it. Um, if it doesn't pertain to you, I get it. Move on to something else. But if you're having some financial struggles anywhere in your life, um, I promise you, it's probably something in here about it. Um, and um, protecting your finances is another one that we're going to um, put up. And then five steps to managing your finances together. So all of these links will be on our website. We do not have time to go into all of them. I wish we did, um, but we're going to put the links up for you. Um, you can share these links. If you have people that you're connected to, other couples, other people that you're connected to, um, share this because all of this is for the upbuilding of of the kingdom and for us and for our marriages so we want to share as much as possible if we can help other people get out of debt or um feel better about their situation financially that's what this is all for and now for the connection tip connection tips um so tyrone and i really enjoyed doing the connection tip the last time finding those lips yes but today check facebook for the video we put a video up guys the I still do Facebook page. I still do. We have a video up of finding those lips. It's hilarious. It is hilarious. So the connection tip for this episode is we challenge you guys to play a board game or a card game together. Now, sometimes life can get busy, kids and work and all of these other things and ministry and everything, but the challenge for this month is to play a board game together or a card game. So we want you guys to uh, stop. Don't cheat. We got a lot of cheaters out there. Got a lot of cheaters out there. And I am one of them. But I always win. All right. So we are closing out. And I just want to close out with our declarations like we did last time. Um, we will keep God as the head of our relationship. We will not allow anyone or anything to come between us. We will remain fruitful to each other physically. We will remain, I'm sorry, faithful and fruitful. Yes. Faithful to each other. Dually. Physically, emotionally, spiritually, and financially. Mm -hmm. We will strive to make each other's dreams and goals a reality, even those financial ones. We will be respectful in private as well as public. We will fight fair. We will take pride in serving each other. We won't let divorce become a part of our vocabulary. We won't put our family ahead of our relationship. And we will enjoy our relationship. And this has been another edition of I Still Do. If you need us, please message us, call us. That's what we're here for. Thank you. And good night. Good night.